0: The views and opinions expressed during this show do not necessarily reflect reflect the the policy
1: or position position. of any affiliated workplace or employer. The views views and opinions opinions of this this
2: show do not constitute recommendations for therapy. Therapy. Please Please contact a licensed SLP for individual consult on on
1: your situation. Please listen carefully.
2: What is
3: communication?
1: essential behavior of life. We have the both blessing and responsibility of trying to foster another.
2: It's transmitting a thought from one person to another.
1: It's the strongest way for two people to convey information to each other.
2: The back and forth between two people. Communication
0: is a lifeline. It's just connection with other people. Connecting people in terms of ideas or thoughts
2: or names. It draws us out of ourselves, draws us into that relationship. You know, builds
0: up our families. Without it, we belong. Whatever it is that we do to express intent and achieve. And impact. Communication is the ability to express your needs, wants, frustrations, and desires
1: to anyone
0: that you feel needs to have that information.
1: Welcome to the Speech Science Podcast. I'm Matt Hot, a speech and language pathologist working in the schools and in-home healthcare for dementia and stroke rehab, joined as always by our favorite PTSD SLP located in the state of Florida, Rachel Archambault. Hi there. And our favorite private practice and adult SLP located in the bitter hold of Wisconsin, Marie Severson.
4: Oh, Matt, you know, I'm the only one that you I know, know it with it. those
1: criteria, but Do I you appreciate still have 10 you. inches of snow up there?
4: No, we got, uh, let's see, we got about 12 inches last weekend. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Last weekend, I was in a pool in Orlando in 85 degree temps. I just need you you to know that.
4: You jinxed it.
1: Uh, The night before, I was in a pool in 60-degree temps while my kids had fun, and I froze. (laughs) On today's show, we're going to talk about the importance of speech therapy and dementia. We're going to talk about the top 40 jobs in America. SLPs made the top 40. Woo! Also, a Supreme Court decision that may be impacting... Uh, education, as well as I had the opportunity to talk to Dr. Javona Sandiford uh, about her new book, SLP Empire, The Door, Laying the Groundwork for Winning Your First State Contract. All that and more. And of course, we want to hear from you. Head to our website, uh, speechsciencepodcast.com or speechsciencepodcast at gmail.com. Before we dive into all of that, it's been about two weeks since we've had a show. So Rachel, how have you been? What's been going on?
2: I am overwhelmed, Uh-oh. <laughs> to be honest, but it's all like good things. Um, I have been putting a lot of work into the brand of PTSD SLP. I'm creating a website right now to organize everything into one spot, um, because I've had a lot of people reach out and ask me to come present for them. So need a place to put that. I did professional headshots last weekend on my spring break. Um, I think I'm opening an LLC to do all this stuff. So I am just overwhelmed with all this stuff. But it's all good. It's all for good reasons. And I want to continue teaching about trauma informed care. And uh, my brother's getting married in two weeks, and I'm officiating that. So for ends, it never ends.
1: (laughs) Congrats to Rachel's brother. Does he have a name that you want to share?
2: That will be Jesse.
1: Happy wedding day, Jesse. When this airs, maybe. When is it? Two weeks?
2: April 15th.
1: Oh, no. This will air before uh, about the same time. Congrats, Jesse. Yay. So, <laughs> have you, you don't have to answer this if you don't want. Are you going to do your LLC in Florida? Or are you going to pick a different state?
2: I think in Florida, but I was unaware. Okay of that as an option but (laughs) i will consult with my people
1: (laughs) yeah consult with your people i know that when originally speech science started we had a small property in delaware or something for the original llc of speech science and now my current mwh production llc is located in ohio
2: that's very cool i just am finding out
1: oh i'm sorry no,
2: no, no, go ahead. I, I was just saying that I'm just now starting the process of this, and I've heard friends open up their private practices for years now with speech, and I've been hearing about LLC, so I kind of didn't have to deal with that until now. And now it's my turn, so I'm excited to see
1: ah, what I have to do. Welcome to the world of uh, adulting. Adulting. Yes. And uh, off the air, I can tell you which bank that I use that has a free business account for me and my medial ten dollars in the account number.
2: Perfect. Thank you.
1: Marie, going <laughs> from one LLC to a private practice owner. How have you been?
4: Oh, I feel similarly to Rachel. And by the way, Rachel, congrats on your Asha Innovator <gasps> recognition. You. That was very cool
2: to see.
1: That, that's our that's our SS pod shout out <laughs> tonight.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, I ruined we'll sh- it. <laughs> we'll <laughs> shout we'll shout out again. <laughs> you you deserve to I love shout it. Outs. I love it. Thank you.
4: That is that was very, very cool to see. Thank um you. sounds like you're busy in all the right ways. Thank um, you. yeah, similarly, just running a business is a lot of hard work, and uh, that's been taking up all my time lately, but not too much of it that I can't restart Gray's Anatomy from the beginning. Woo. Uh, so I've been doing that uh, to unwind, which is it's not, always, a, it's not much have of an you always unwind. Been a person?
1: Being... No, okay
2: okay, yeah,
4: I like Grey's. I, it's it's easy. It's easy. That's it hits predictable. Checks out the box. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Predicti- predictable with the unpredictable. that it, such crazy things that happen inside an episode and you're just like, well, this makes sense.
1: Yeah.
4: I need chaos to be occurring elsewhere so yeah. that I can, you know, <laughs> leave the chaos of my own life.
1: I'm <laughs> an sense. E- I was always an ER guy, but do you guys Ooh. know what Grey's Anatomy, Chicago Hope, ER has ruined in the medical field
2: any medical device all all of it (laughs) cpr why have they ruined it
1: because like in the shows they show showing kind of bent arm cpr because Mm. you can't really do cpr on a live human without hurting them. right so Mm -hmm. that everyone thinks that that's how cpr looks and it's causing a lot of frustration for like the american heart association of breaking the tv cpr habits That's interesting. I want you guys to know that your faces right now are the exact face my wife gives every time I have random information uh, to give. And I saw that face a lot last week.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate random facts. That's very interesting. And
2: also- Your faces
1: were like, this is the most boring information I have ever been given, but Matt is talking. So we'll just smile until he's done.
2: I'm I'm processing that information and I also think media has done a good job in a lot of aspects for CPR. Like we see all these stories about how a kid watched the office and was it staying alive <laughs> that they do? And that helped him do CPR. So I think there are good instances and bad instances and
1: and improved um, organ transplants, I'm guessing.
2: That might be also. It have helped me know what you, you know's the office? was.
1: Oh. <laughs> Uh all right. So last week, Marie, are you done? I didn't mean to cut you off. Of oh, I'm done. I track with Grace. Yeah, I was an ER guy and I'll still get stuck on the TikToks that are now. I'm like on ER TikTok and protein enriched meals TikTok. Oh, that's interesting.
2: It's, that, it's, can, the, it's the generational gap is the yeah. ER to Grace Anatomy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I ask, ER being on TikTok,
4: it seems like interesting to me demographically when I think about the people on TikTok, because I'm going to be honest, I missed ER because- of my age but i remember it being <laughs> on and i remember it being very intense but i don't remember anything else so yeah. is gen z on the er train now yes well
1: i so i think, I know. I think it's new. the millennials on tiktok
2: it is it is oh. and they're reminiscing they're reminiscing we're all millennials but you're an elder millennial
1: i am an elder millennial
4: i'm not on tiktok and maybe that ages me more than anyone else <laughs>
2: No, because now, I mean, TikTok has a, like aged upwards. It's not the young kid thing anymore, which it, it there are still young kids, but it, it's older people that are on it now.
1: Well, if enjoy need, it while
2: you can. I know.
1: If you need a good laugh, uh, there is a video going out where a congressman uh, may or may not have given away what is on their TikTok, and they were mad about what was showing up on their TikTok. Because they don't understand how algorithms work. I saw something about that. Made me laugh more than it should have. It is. (laughs) It is funny. You know what I didn't do is I did not spend much time on TikTok last week. uh, Because I was driving 26 hours in 13 each way from Ohio to Orlando and back with the family truckster of three children and a wife. And guess what I learned in the week I was in Florida? tell me the eternal struggle of my daughter and her hearing aid battle that as it got hotter and louder guess who decided she no longer wanted to wear her hearing aids or cochlear and that is a very stressful situation when you're at a very hot and foreign city to your home so
4: wow that's intense. You got to keep track of those, I bet, because right. those are pricey things
2: to yes. misplace in Florida. I have a question. Are there tracking devices in cochlear implants? Is that Has that been suggested?
1: On the cochlear, I believe there is a tracking thing that my wife's phone. So you can only have one phone connected to the hearing aid or the, the cochlear. Okay. And my wife's phone is connected to it. And it does have like a tracking system-ish mm-hmm. that'll tell her. Like how close is she to the cochlear? Okay. So it's not like radar that says it's like three feet to the front left of you. But as you're walking, it'll say you're within, you know what it's like? Do you guys have iPhones or iPads?
4: Yeah. iPad, yep.
1: The, the find my phone feature mm-hmm. where it'll say it's like in this area and you know, it's within about 10 feet of where you're at. Okay. That, that's what it does.
4: Okay. Okay. Well. That's great. Technology has really improved.
1: Yes. But I was battling the decision-making between forcing my daughter to wear her hearing aids so she could get the language enrichment while Mm. also honoring her decision to not wear hearing aids in the Florida heat. And then also not wanting to argue with a two-year-old in front of Minnie Mouse. That was the tri-battle happening.
2: It's probably super overstimulating too. Like oh, yeah. I'm overstimulated when I'm at Disney or like big crowds and just so many colors and it's like a sensory overload area. So I, mm-hmm. I can understand why she's just like, nope, mm-hmm. not today.
1: But yeah, that makes. Other sense. than that, it was awesome. She held my hand and let me carry her, and uh, my wife caught a photo of us sleeping, and it is the worst, oh gosh, flattering photo in the world. So I'm not posting it. Anywhere except for the two of you to see. Uh and my wife figured out uh we had to share a bed and her and I sleep <laughs> exactly the same. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Little for hand those, on the belly.
4: For those people who can't see this picture, they are just so cutely laying on their backs with one hand on their belly. They look they look like little twins.
1: Little am, twins. That that photo will never see the light of day, other than what no. just there. Oh, right perfect. Now. It's very sweet. Yes, but also I don't need my belly hanging out on Facebook. So I respect that. <laughs> Let's dive in to the very first part. It's our SS Pod shout out. It's our opportunity to do something super awesome or uh, recognize somebody doing something super awesome. And Marie, since you already brought it up, who is our SS Pod shout out this week? It's our very
4: own Rachel. Ooh. That is so cool. She's an ASHA innovator. Thank you. Rachel, I'm sorry, but I need you to explain to me how Mm -hmm. that process works. How did you get nominated? How did this happen?
2: So I actually saw it on Instagram that it's a new initiative by I think it's Bob uh, Mc something. Can't think of his last name, but this is his initiative um, that it's speech and audiology innovators in, in our field. And you have to be recommended by anyone that's an SLP or in our field. So um I found out that my coworker submitted me and I got an email one day that said I'm an Asha innovator and I go, what is that? <laughs> and, um no, I had seen the Instagram before and I was like, oh wow, that's amazing. And it's been a couple months since I got that notification. They posted it and it I love that they're highlighting people in the field and I, I love seeing the other people that they're posting and i'm like wow they're putting me in the same like category the same award as these other people
3: mm. and side
2: note with asha i'm an invited speaker at asha connect this july and i was just asked this spring break to do two Asha sessions in November. I'm an invited speaker at National Conference. So, congratulations. I'm like over the moon and I like that's been a big goal of mine. So, mm-hmm. I think uh that's really cool awesome. happening with Asha. So, you're the first to hear it.
4: Wow.
1: We have well, the exclusive.
4: That's incredible and I'm assuming the topics will be trauma informed care. That's I'm glad that they are valuing and recognizing that topic and um really putting that on a pedestal where it belongs
2: it it's getting more and more traction and my asha connect asha connect is a school-based conference which I had no idea existed before this year and that will be about trauma-informed care within the school setting so I'm glad that I get to narrow it down for for the people in my audience at Asha in November, which is in Boston, I will be doing a two hour masterclass for trauma informed care on supervision, which wow. is something that I have not done, and a one hour introduction to trauma informed care across all settings. So it's a lot to prepare, but uh, I am super excited and I can't wait. And I hope I see everyone at Asha, <laughs> both conferences. I might consider going now. Woo! We should have a table. Let's do it, Matt.
1: Let's get an advertiser to pay for our table. Let's do it, listeners of of the (laughs) Speak Science podcast. No, that is so cool. Like people, I don't think, realize how the convention works. You either submit paperwork to try to be picked, Mm -hmm. or if you're the people that they want there, they reach out to you like they did Rachel, and Mm -hmm. and you get an invite. That is awesome.
2: Yeah, at last summer i i attend flasha every year and the last day of Flasha, people were getting their rejection letters like you haven't been accepted and i was just like oh my god that's so difficult like what a i i didn't know that it was so tough but i guess they have a limited amount of spots per Mm -hmm. day and they have a lot of people submitting on the same topic so they're they have to look into everything you know so i'm really really excited and i'm very excited to be named an Asha Innovator, and I'm excited to continue to work with Asha and present this topic. So I'm excited.
1: Woohoo! Well, we are proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you. Asha Innovator SS Pod host PTSD SLP Rachel Shambo Woo! Can you get more letters behind your name now? Yes. Or LLC. Or name your name? LLC. L-L-L-C.
2: PTSD SLP PTSD. LLC. I love it.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, on the flip side of the S.S. Pod shout out is the S.S. Pod do process. This one comes in kind of hot. Uh, it says if I could pull it up, it says, uh, hey, S.S. Pod. Or sorry, hey speech science crew. How do you guys get your coworkers to keep their set or semi-set schedule when working with patients in their home or when I PRN at a sniff? Every time I show up for my scheduled time, there's either a PT, OT, or a nurse already there unscheduled.
4: And what setting is this in?
1: Uh, they say that when they are doing their home care or PRNing at a sniff.
4: Wow. Oh,
1: I mean, I run into it at the schools and in home health care.
4: Yeah. Doesn't home health have pre-scheduled
2: appointments? When I was doing what home health. What
1: fancy company do you all work for?
2: There, there were a couple times that I, I think that we had a logging system that was like, oh, you put your time in there, but people didn't actually follow that. They just showed right. up when, you know, oh, I left this house and went to another one. So I've wow. experienced that. That was six years ago now. Um, but I. Uh, I I can't control what other people do it's you just have to have a conversation like hey you know I come right from school and I go right at this time I'd appreciate like let's look at our schedules and see if there's another way that we can collaborate and make sure that we are both here and I I know certain billing I've been out of this loop for a while but you can't co treat you can't have the same sessions and everything so they understand this as well, this is not a new concept to them. So I I think you just have to have those conversations and say like, look, I've just been assigned or you've just been assigned and this is the time that's working for the family, it's working for us. And I'd be happy to discuss with you what other times might work for you if that doesn't work. Like, let's figure something out. I think you have to have these conversations. Mm.
4: Yeah, scheduling is one of the most challenging executive functions tasks. I feel like in any (laughs) setting, it's one thing that you can pound on across the board. Um, when I worked in home health, we, we would schedule our appointments. I would schedule mine a week ahead of time Mm -hmm. with my regular caseload. Um, but one of the issues was that we could only see doctor's appointments on our end. We couldn't see when another therapist had scheduled something. So we had to hope that when we scheduled with the patient that they didn't already have something else scheduled. And on occasion we would show up and another therapist would be there, but, um, yeah. It's almost like you have to be proactive. Um, if it happens once, try to not have it happen twice just by working with them. I've, I've had this pretty much happen in every setting. You just have to be super nice about it and accommodating. Maybe you have to accommodate to them and then they'll accommodate back to you. Um, but ooh, that's tricky. And skilled nursing is kind of a free for all. That one seems like high yeah.
2: stakes. Yeah. That's, that's tricky. I like
1: I like that you guys both took the high road and I'm about to give the petty answer.
2: That's what it always is. Go ahead. It's called balance. Oh,
1: so my petty answer goes with, I talk to the family and I tell them how important our brain needs schedules. And when we are recovering or we are retired, our daily schedule is gone because we're not showing up for work. We're not going to bed at the same time. We're not getting up at the same time. We're eating whenever we're hungry. And I tell the family that, if they know that I am showing up every Monday and Wednesday, it helps the patient learn to orientate to the day of the week. And if OTPT and nursing are just showing up willy nilly, their family member won't get better as quickly on orientation skills uh, if they don't know when someone is coming. So I throw them, my coworkers, on <laughs> the bus with the family and make the family do my dirty work. That. Like shame, said, shame. Petty.
2: That is petty.
1: <laughs> but in reality, though, it's kind of true. We need somewhat of a set schedule when we're when for our brains to function, right? Yeah. yeah.
4: I've always found that if you can if you set your schedule up first,
1: mm-hmm. then you
4: get the slot. So I would That's always true. do my schedule early, and then the patients would always say, Oh, you did your schedule first. So then everyone else has to just schedule around you. Um, that was my way of making it work for me. But also (laughs) I will say if I can make a co-treat happen, I'll do it. I love co-treating. I, I like it more than all the other therapists did. I think it's super important. And I would always just offer that, Hey, if we're having trouble scheduling, I'd love to help, you know, you're working on feeding while I'm working on swallowing. So can Mm -hmm. we do a co-treat where you're working on the feeding piece of that? What do you think?
1: Makes sense. Yeah. I always have a hard time co-treating because like in the schools we can co-treat but we can't bill i think oh. at least ohio ohio medicaid doesn't allow us to bill for co-treatment so
2: does florida you're not yeah. you can't you can't bill two services at one time hmm.
1: so we have to like half the group is speech and then half the group is ot and then we flip it for the second it's
4: oh that's so that's hard for scheduling that's that's
2: tough it is it's another like area to burden people with but i i now it's coming back to me i remember i was in my cf when i did home health and i had someone come early that was you know starting i was told by my mentor it's like you do not get to co-treat you can't like bill Mm -hmm. concurrently um And that person started, you know, taking everything out, trying to work. And I was like, I'm I'm just going to have you wait 15 minutes. I'm Mm -hmm. almost done. Mm -hmm. And you you have to put your foot down sometimes that this is my time that I've scheduled and you're new and it's not life-saving. Like (laughs) you need dialysis right now. It it wasn't (laughs) that, you know.
1: You need your cane adjusted or it won't work.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know that there are one of the
4: things that it gets tricky sometimes is sometimes it's like, Oh, we ska- we, oops, we accidentally over yeah. to each other. So let's just do a co-treat. Of and course. according to Medicare, that's not an appropriate reason to co-treat just because you accidentally scheduled. Yep. So that's one of those, that's one of those little caveats. You
1: of know course. what I did a couple of weeks ago, sorry, what? thinking of co-treating and, and you guys have better answers than my pettiness. <laughs> so uh, the OT and I, we do a scheduled co-treatment once a uh, once a week with my uh multiple handicap rooms Mm -hmm. and we did three weeks of spring break activities leading up to our spring break so week one was we designed spring break Uh, t-shirts week two is we tie dyed our spring break t-shirts and then week three was we played spring break games which included uh modified cup into or ball into oversized cups where you had to stand and throw the ball into cups uh then we did flip cup and then we did power <laughs> stacking and we did uh something else oh like where you drop the ball into the glass holder uh, like directly below you so we did some ot speech fun activities
2: sounds like a good time to me
1: because <laughs> flip cup may sound like the drinking game you're thinking of but instead it was teaching the kids how to lift I don't, I'm not an OT, so I'm just assuming she was teaching some forearm finger skill set.
2: I get it. All these, really kids, cool. all these kids are on social media anyway. Like they they know what it is and they play it. Like I can't tell you how many times in high school that they're just sitting at their table. They have a red solo cup and they're just flipping it, like getting some practice in and whatever. So are they still flipping the water bottles? They just like yes. flip it over it's, the front. It's I don't, I don't slowed know. down. It okay. has slowed down. Not
1: in down. middle school. Mm. My well, middle school, they'll just like walk down the hall and they'll see how many times they can flip it and get it to land.
2: They're just getting the trends now. <laughs> that's, <fair. laughs> that's what happens is the middle schools, you know, that's the end of it. We're almost done. Oh, you, the youths. They're so cute.
1: The youths. That's how, you know, we've hit the uh, millennial olderness is what we call yeah. the youths. If you're no were longer the youths. The youths. <laughs> if you're the youths or a speech therapist, hit us up. Let us know if you've got a shout-out or a due process you want to bring to the table, speech science podcast at gmail.com or speechsciencepodcast.com. Going from one due process to the next, did you guys see this article out of USA Today? Uh, special Education Clash, The Supreme Court Sides Unanimously for student with Disabilities. Basically, uh, it says that Miguel Perez, who was enrolled in Sturgis Public School District, in Michigan, since the age of nine, uh, was considerably behind on what he should have accomplished, but the school district continued to pass him on. And I believe, what what did you say, Rachel? He's like 21 now, 22 he, years old now?
2: Yeah, he's t- either 21 or 24. I think he's 21 years old. So he has since passed, been gone. Uh,
1: so uh, they say that he is able to sue uh, for damages and now school districts are concerned. What kind of impact does this have on them and IDEA? And I think it's super interesting, not necessarily from the fact that a school district passed them on, but you know, we've in Ohio, we've enacted the third grade reading guarantee except for kids with IEPs. Uh, so I,
2: yeah. I just wanted to add a little bit of context. So this student is deaf. Mm -hmm. And he sued his school for damages with lapse of his education. He was not provided an interpreter. And um, the one that was assigned, an aide was assigned, did not know sign language. So this is part of the reason for it. So the reason that he sued was due to not being provided FAPE. Um, And then this issue of, you know, he wasn't going to get a diploma, um, Factor into this whole lawsuit that ended up going up to the Supreme Court.
1: Here's where I find it interesting. In Ohio, we have the third grade reading guarantee, which means that for any kid under third grade, if they are not able to read at the third grade level, they are to be held back unless there is some extraneous situation and that the district and the parent agrees to move them on. And then if they're on an IEP, though, we can move them on past the third grade reading guarantee by just clicking yes. not applicable or no, or, or whatnot. And all of a sudden the student is not part of that third grade reading guarantee. And now we've got an IEP kid that we're moving on to the fourth, fifth or sixth grade level who may not be able to read. And that is just in Ohio. And that is just one small subset.
2: It, it is similar in Florida. We do have third grade as a retention year. Um, mm-hmm. So we do have that. And I, I mean, working in a high school, we, we see, How many students are passed on from grade to grade um, without knowing the content, and it has gotten worse since COVID and everything, and we know that there's a deficit with a lot of these kids um, in their learning. Um, But within this case, I'm very pleased to see that this kid, now an adult, won um, Mm -hmm. for the school district violating IDEA. I can't imagine being deaf and then being provided an aide, which is not an interpreter and the inter- the aide does not know sign language. Like uh, that, in what worlds did they think that this was okay? And then uh, at the very end, he's an A and B student. And then all of a sudden decide that he's not able to graduate. This is uh, just mind blowing to me.
1: Mm. Wow surprise this happens in all 50 states this it does you know not having a interpreter a not having someone that knows how to use an aac device some you know having you know what blows my mind is that teachers intervention specialists can be absent so they'll get a substitute to then do the intervention for the day and then there's a the question of, do those minutes count? Do you have to track your minutes in, in Florida, Rachel?
2: I, I bill for Medicaid.
1: So, okay, so you do. Yeah, Marie, did you ever do any school rounds? No. No. Do you know if they have to... Tr- I'm assuming they'd have to track their minutes to bill for Medicaid in Wisconsin, right?
2: I'm Probably. sure they do. I, I feel like that's a Medicaid list. Right, okay, standard. I just want to
1: make sure. Guess what they don't have to track? Teachers, intervention specialists don't have to track their minutes. Oh, really? That is true. Yeah. So like on the IEP where they're saying that they're giving you 75 minutes, they're giving your kids 75 minutes a day of therapy or not therapy of math intervention. There's no tracking of that 75 minutes.
2: Um, in Florida, at, at least at the at schools least in that, Ohio, uh, the schools that I've been at, like support facilitators, they do log their their interventions. Okay, so they so, do. Okay, yeah. Um, it's not on the same platform that we use in my district. Um, but now I, is that I,
1: a school thing or is that a state thing?
2: I think each district picks the the platform okay. that they okay. they use for it. But I I just think regarding this um, article. I think this will set legal precedent for Mm -hmm. a lot of other things, which is really interesting. And I don't know, I, I had, um, a friend who was deaf in high school. I had known him since elementary school and he now works. uh, He went to the, uh, the school in DC. He is now involved in politics and he does a lot of, I don't know if it's lobbying, but he does a lot of advocating for the deaf community in D.C. and he had uh, an interpreter every single class with him in the hallways and everything. And um, it's sad to me to see that this kid wasn't given appropriate. Interventions to help him access the curriculum at a day to day basis, so.
1: I think it's interesting that one of the the concerns is that the school districts might, quote, the school districts might be forced to approach the process differently if their actions could be used against them in a suit for damages. Marie, as a private practice owner, your, you work with adults more, correct? Only adults, yes. Oh, only adults. Their family could technically watch therapy if they wanted to, right?
4: I hope they do. I love okay. when families okay. are there. Yep, good.
1: So if you are doing something, the reason I asked is because if you're doing something poorly... They would not come back, right? They would go find a different private practice owner.
4: Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Most patients don't know the difference between really good and not great therapy. That's what? you know. I mean, if you, were I would have to do something egregious. If I think, you scrolling while you're scrolling TikTok
1: while your while your patient was just sitting there at the desk, right? That would be just yeah. okay. That would be terrible. Yeah. The the problem in schools is that parents are not really ever invited to watch. interventions they're not invited to watch therapy i love the idea that school districts could be held accountable for their actions you know and this goes back to what we've talked about over years of us being in a burnout phase that slps are being forced to make up time you know what i'm saying so like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden now parents might be able to help in the fight of my why does my student receive speech therapy and a group of 12 kids
2: I think that's an important question
1: that mm -hmm. people
4: probably aren't asking
2: in in my district. They are, (laughs) I know, that, but uh, I
1: think. And every district's different. I I, I know that. Right.
2: And I I think as a, a, as a nation, we're a very litigious community in general that, uh, but it, this case has the basis to support this kid's claims. Mm -hmm. He wasn't provided with, the material he needed to access the curriculum. And this I'm glad that the Supreme Court ruled in his favor for this. And yeah. I hope that more people that are in this situation are able to cite his case to help them win theirs.
4: Mm, absolutely. Something similar, not I mean I'm trying to draw something to like healthcare, but um in terms of interpretation in, in hospitals, for example. Mm-hmm um, that's pretty spotty. I mean, mm-hmm. I've worked in places that had, you know, great services. It was easy. It was oh. easy to, we, you could get an in-person interpreter, whether or not they could come in person was another story, but at mm-hmm. least that was way more helpful. The, sometimes the telephone interpreters were really awful. Yes. Um, and I would be told that they were doing a, a poor job interpreting or they were mm. difficult to understand. I mean, trying to do aphasia therapy with it with a, an interpreter over the phone is, is really difficult, but yeah, they're, I was just speaking with someone recently who said that they were working with a patient who needed a Spanish interpreter, which they had their iPad with the, with the video for, but the therapists were using it, but the nurses weren't. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens a yeah. lot. Um, you know, when you're just popping in room to room, how yeah. are you really going to turn on an interpretation service for, for a patient to tell them that you're giving them an right. aspirin, right? right? Even though that's technically their right.
2: Exactly.
1: I mean, I've, I've worked at school districts in the past where we had to get approval to contact an interpreter for the family for an IEP meeting. And, that seems silly. And even crazier is I had to beg for interpreters to give tests to kids that were not English language or that were English language learners. Because they were like, oh no, they've lived here for like, three years you should be able to test them in english and if they have a disability they have a disability i'm like no the, the family at home speaks insert whatever language that they spoke because i I worked in a very diverse community it was like no they speak english like five hours a day here at school that's it so
2: it, it also states i'm for suing
1: school districts i i, I love that.
2: same same it states in the article that this kid came from a three thousand. 000- student school district. And those numbers just, I can't comprehend them. As someone who works in the sixth largest district in the country, it's I think 300,000 kids. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the closest number. So I I I have, I feel we have trouble getting interpreters. Because the chances are, we, we might have a student that doesn't speak that language, or we can't get someone who works for the district that speaks that language, like there are thousands of languages out there. So
3: mm-hmm.
2: anyway, I feel that this article, I, I saw when this case had been brought up to the Supreme Court, and I guess it went a little while, and I'm glad to see that he did succeed and win.
4: Yeah, nice to hear about a win.
1: Yes. I was trying to look up the largest school districts, uh, in Wisconsin, it would be the Milwaukee school districts at 71,000. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh and the second one would be Madison at 26
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then Kenosha at 19. Sure. Um, and then in Ohio, it was the Columbus school district at 47,000. Wow. Wow. So just to kind of put it into a little bit perspective.
2: And I would love to hear from any of our listeners if you can beat my school district with how many students. How
1: many did you um, say? 100,000?
2: I think it's 300,000.
1: That's just
4: unfathomable the, how large that is comparatively, Rachel. It is.
2: And that's why when people I, I see online uh, on these Facebook pages for speech that they'll just say, oh, the principal needs to attend uh, these <gasps> I, IEP conferences. And I go, "That that comparison for me is like – not getting a package from amazon and wanting to contact bezos like (laughs) it's we're gonna need
4: bezos down here
1: we need him to fix this
2: right it just like it does not compute for me because the school that i worked at is 3600 kids so i i don't understand you know
1: i'm not gonna don't don't give away your school district if you don't want to i pulled up the largest school districts in florida miami-dade at 334 broward Broward County, am I saying that right? In Fort yep. Lauderdale, yep. two sixty Hillsborough mm-hmm. at two eighteen Orange County at one ninety nine and Palm Beach at one eighty seven.
2: Yep, these are massive. They are. Th- th-
1: that's a city, Rachel. Those I are know. city numbers.
2: I know. So, in one of those districts, my job is a program specialist. Now, I oversee the public schools, so I have elementary through high school. I have thirty eight schools. Woo-hoo. 38 schools that is bigger than many of your districts, and then that doesn't account for the charter schools which there's probably around 40 charter schools. um, That will contact me if there's an issue that I have there's seven of me there's seven other people with my position so we all support, like the same amount of schools, it is a large district so.
1: And- I used to do radio and television in Zanesville, mm-hmm. Ohio, and they have a population of 24,000.
2: Oh my gosh. It just That was a
1: city, Rachel, of 24,000.
2: Connecting to this article, it's it makes me happy to hear that this kid coming from a district of 3,000 was able to make it to the Supreme Court and have his, sense. you know, opinion heard and everything because I wonder sometimes from a large district if that would be lost, you know, because mm-hmm. we're right. so big or if that if that kid's voice would be amplified because we come from such a large district. So mm. some of my thoughts while reading right. the article.
1: How big is your school district? Do you think one of your students could sue their way to the to the <laughs> Supreme Court? Or does this change the way you do therapy? Let us know. Speech Science Podcast uh, or Speech Science Podcast at gmail.com. Our second article tonight is a blending article. Uh, One is from The Insider talking about an MIT neuroscientist talking about routine and discipline are the keys to preserving memory and staving off dementia. Kind of spoke about that briefly when I talked about needing a set schedule as I get my patients' families to do my dirty work for me on scheduling. And the other side is coming out of CNET.com looking at how virtual reality is revolutionizing therapy. And questioning why people, why more people are not using it. Uh, in the VR article, they talk about how they they dig into anxiety disorders and how folks can practice going, you know, to the coffee shop to order coffee, or the I pretty think the person in the article talked about how they weren't afraid to get a shot because they could work their way through the nursing or uh, through the the VR version of the hospital to go get a shot. I love these two articles because they match up so perfectly with what I'm trying to do with my dimension, stroke rehabs.
2: It's really interesting. This guy helped get rid of his needle phobia mm-hmm. using VI. And I a, a thought that I've had recently is like, I think that high schoolers are being told they have to choose their majors as soon as they get to college and everything. And I remember um, a a kid wanted to be a surgeon, you know, and then he goes to college, like, gets all the way through and realizes, like, he can't watch surgery. So I feel like if there was a VR experience Mm. and he could actually see, like, what that would look like, he'd be able to assess, like, you know what? That is not for me. I can't handle that. I, uh, you know, I, I think if these are providing real life experiences and help someone get rid of a needle phobia, I think it can also help bring reality to situations that they might not be able to see otherwise. So Mm. that was just my first thought, but.
4: Gosh, that's interesting, Rachel.
1: One of the cool things that the nursing home that I spend some time in, they've recently brought in, and I think I mentioned this in the Facebook chat, is they brought in a virtual reality a headset, and they've asked me to help kind of create some programs for some of our dementia patients wow. on how to make it more enriching, other than just the novelty of of standing in the middle of a aquarium or a museum. And so I'm kind of working with the nursing director over there to kind of come up with a pseudo history lesson walkabout type plan um, of asking questions and looking for certain things, but I love this idea of trying to implement more virtual reality into, you know, I look at it from a school point of view. When I look at autism, I look at it from a stroke rehab. When we talk about trying to get our patients back into just getting their medicine from the pharmacy correctly.
2: So is it just like it it would be showing them. Like oh, this is a a real life situation of you walking up to the pharmacy counter, and this is how you would do it. So it's kind of like role play stuff. I just, I have never used a, a oh, VR used headset. VR. No, I haven't. So Marie, have I, you ever done it? Um, sorry, I didn't a mean cou- to cut you off. Right, no, sorry. you can
4: a couple of times. They when I worked at one of the hospitals, they had brought in Ooh. a rep from some, a VR company. Um, and it just wasn't very like speech focused. Mm, um, that's so true. I didn't see the benefit from, from my patients, but I could see maybe the benefit from a, maybe a PTOT standpoint. It was really, it was kind of hard for me to really, uh, to find the, like the functionality in that to, you know, a lot of what we were doing in that setting was trying to get people, ready to go back home or go back to work. And I didn't really see the application, but it's possible that's just my blind spot because I don't know a lot about VR. But at ultimately for me, if I put a VR headset on, I might throw up. Like That's how it, I am too. Me, okay. I know. Yeah, for yeah. me, that's like the the one thing is I just feel it's not for me from like a vestibular standpoint. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that are recovering from strokes and things like that are are experiencing vision and vestibular mm-hmm. issues. Um, but the dementia piece is interesting. Matt, can I ask you? Yeah. I think about a lot of my, a lot of the people I work with, with dementia who might become confused with that experience Mm -hmm. because it's, it's just a confusing, they already, I mean, honestly, they're already having confusion with, with what's actually occurring. Um, And kind of staying in the here and now, I I love the idea of being able to do some kind of like reminiscence or like Mm -hmm, a guided mm -hmm. tour or something, but I wonder if that application would really work. So
1: we're using it more with some of our low level early dementia folks, not some of our more severe dementia folks. So the folks that are, oh, I know I live here because I can't remember where my car keys are. So it's 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 those kind of early onset folks that were or I shouldn't say early onset because that's a completely different diagnosis. But no, like those those earlier dementia folks, those are the ones that we're using it with.
4: Yeah. The ones I'd like that to can s- oh, Go sorry. ahead. Sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go
1: ahead. Oh no, no. I was just gonna say it's more the folks that are like, I know I I'm starting to have some memory troubles, so I can't go where I want to go as much as I used to be able to. Mm.
3: So it's kind
1: of like the one We have a couple set up where it's an aquarium, a zoo, a museum, and a ballpark. So they get to walk around a ballpark and watch kind of a simulated game. And it's all like a record. It's They're real footage. I don't know how the VR program works on our side because they're all real footage. So it's not like polygons. It's almost like they're set up into like a Google map and just kind of walking around that's really
2: interesting that makes sense i'm looking at this article right now and there's a a video of someone driving a car or like it Mm -hmm. if you're wearing a headset you would have your hands on the wheel and you're driving a car and i'm thinking from like a dementia um therapy perspective if they could help with reminiscing so you could have like fenway park or something that they Mm -hmm. have the outside of it and it's like oh we used to walk into You know exit 12 or you know something like that i think maybe that could be where this goes um but at the same time marie i'm with you that like i i would be disoriented with the the headset Mm -hmm. on i think i haven't tried it um but i i am having a hard time seeing the the connection how it can apply to speech
1: that's fair Mm
4: Because we're talking about you have to suspend your reality mm-hmm. to some degree, and that's an abstract metacognitive process mm-hmm. that people with dementia struggle with. So when we're talking about putting a heavy headset on their face uh, from a sensory standpoint, I think, I don't know, but I would, in ideally, what, what a cool thing um, to be able to potentially offer to people who with their reality is not what they would prefer and that's true they if they could you know escape somewhere that is Mm -hmm. enjoyable to them and have some enjoyable moments i mean that's sort of that's i think what virtual reality has always been is this idea of you can escape Mm -hmm. somewhere more interesting or better um yeah but you know part of me think you know is picturing at the end of all of those sci at the end of the sci-fi movies where all of the humans are plugged in and they've all got their like goggles on wally yeah, are we going to have a memory a memory care unit where all the elderly are laying in bed with their VR headsets on? Mm. I don't know.
1: That's. I mean, I, and I I I feel like I need to clarify what we're doing is not so much the if I were to on the slums on the St. Louis University memory scale, most of these folks are scoring between eighteen and twenty three. Mm-hmm. It's not the folks getting like single digits. Yep, that are doing this.
2: I get it, and yeah. I, yeah. I also had an, another thought from a. So trauma that's what I was saying.
1: I'm like, you know, it's not like we're putting grandma who is severely dementia, and we're like, we're popping her down and being like, go enjoy the aquarium, grandma. No, it's it's kind of our folks that are just kind of in that higher dementia section
2: right i now. understand what you mean
1: no now i feel sense. all defensive no, no oh no, my gosh no.
4: no and i was <laughs> not at all um i wasn't applying my uh
1: and matt has an asha ethics violation against no, now.
4: <laughs> no not at all i wasn't Listen, concerned about all of us are that
1: innovators. piece of it yeah um no but i think your concerns are 100 percent spot on like i never even thought about the the having to that metacognition part of having to associate that you're not in your reality, or in this other reality. I never even thought about Mm. putting those two and two together.
2: I I was also trying to say that from a trauma perspective, I Mm. don't like being disoriented with um, Uh. any of my senses. Mm -hmm. Um, So having something that is taking away my eyesight, and I believe it also affects like your ears, they play music or like sounds or something like that would be incredibly like, I wouldn't be able to concentrate with that on so that's another aspect and we have to also with dementia understand that that is a type of trauma as well mm. um that they are disoriented and and all this stuff so i i would love to see an example of how people are using vr in therapy across the mm. board for any population and i am welcome to to seeing it work and i hope that we can have some really cool sessions with it and um i exci- mix. I love technology. I love to see how it improves. And I hope that there can be some really big breakthroughs with uh, VR. Yeah.
4: Just like any modality, match it to the patient, match it right. to the client, to the child. It's nice to have a toolkit where you can pull the best thing for someone. So if you can add this to your toolkit and it's right for even just one or two people, it might be worth it
1: which is kind of the opposite of the insider article, which talked about how routine and or like, what do they say? Uh, habit and routine can keep your brain healthier, longer. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know how that links into VR. I just feel like that is the complete opposite of doing virtual reality therapy sessions.
4: Well, I think the way I could tie it together would be related to how baby virtual reality is providing some of these components. Like there's maybe a uh, a cognitive stimulation piece. There might mm, be a social piece uh, involved in an activity related in the VR. But honestly, when I read an article like this, I think, oh, and in other news, water is wet. Just, right. it's one of those things where we know that a healthy lifestyle is important. And we we know that a healthy lifestyle is helpful to prevent cognitive decline, even in people that are genetically predisposed, but it is so darn hard to make that actually, you know, seem important to, to patients. Honestly, um, when I work with um, patients and families with dementia as like a subspecialty of my practice, and I have started giving them you know, goals specific to each of these areas. I say, you, I need you to be working on a brain exercise goal, a physical exercise goal, a social goal. I say, you know, play with your pets, go outside. Like I want them to check all these boxes because it's not just one part of that. It's, it's really all of it. What's your diet, like talk to your doctor, what's your sleep, like hearing aid, check vision, check, um, all of these components that work together. it, It, you just can't pull one piece out. Um, so articles like this that say, you know, yes, all of those things are very helpful are just even more supportive and make me want to just continue with that education piece. Is so that something you cover, Matt, with and with yeah, your home health clients?
1: I feel like a lot of times like what I am doing is more family training mm-hmm. and modeling of home exercise activities than actually doing therapy, if that makes sense. Like a lot of it is like, you know, I'll show them like, oh, here's like a, a nice warm up activity, and we'll just do like a rapid naming task or or something like that, and then explaining to the family like why that might be good for them, or you know, uh, my big thing is I've been showing, I've been buying like card games from Kroger's and Walmart to to use in therapy to show the families like, hey, these are just the conversation chat packs that that are open ended to get your family member talking instead of buying the $80 questions from the speech therapy providers i mean the questions are similar enough that i can make them s- skilled you know what i'm saying mm. instead of like saying like oh what is the most embarrassing place you've ever been naked it's going, oh, what's the most, well, that would be like one of the questions <laughs> that are in my pack. And oh, I'm not yeah. going to ask that to the patient, but I might change it to, oh, what's the most embarrassing moment you've ever had? And, and then explaining to the family, like, oh, we want to do some open-ended stuff with your family member. Or, hey, let's talk about the five items you need to make an omelet. And where are we going to buy those? And then what part of Kroger's are we going to buy those at? And, and explaining to that, like, oh, we need closed answers and that kind of stuff.
4: Mm, Yeah, definitely. I agree. So I feel like
1: I model exercise and then explain for 20 minutes Mm. or educate for 20 minutes.
4: Yeah. You you know, the more, the longer I do this work, the more, and maybe, I don't know, Matt, you've been doing this longer. Maybe Mm. you feel similarly. I do feel like a majority of what, what I'm trying to work with people is to set them up to succeed when I'm not there. I'm only there for what? One, two, maybe three hours a week. And there's I don't know how many hours, maybe other 200 hours in a week. I don't know. There's more than a hundred hours in a week. There's a lot of time that we're not with patients. Mm-hmm. And so they, I think it's sometimes equally as important as the, the dedicated, you know, tasks that we're doing in therapy, the, the setup for a home program or the education for the family who are going to be doing the the actual work with them yep. way more and making a bigger impact. So having to explain that to a patient, like I'm not going to fix the issue for you. You're going to fix the issue. Mostly not with me,
1: Mm -hmm. but I'm just
4: going to be there for feedback and help. Um, I think, yeah, I agree. It's a lot about the families.
1: My favorite activity right now to teach the family is I would, I chart it as categorical naming with phonemic limitations, but it's really teaching the family how to name like go through a category and use the alphabet to name everything in that category so like name all the all the food you can start with the letter a and work your way through z and i try to teach them that they can do that in the car while they're driving their mom to the doctor
3: Mm. or
1: name cities or whatever i'm sorry what were you gonna say
4: what kind of patient is that for
1: uh usually like stroke rehab oh okay so like word finding like Mm. oh You can, let's name animals and they'll go, you know, and like I'll model it and they'll be like, I'll be like aardvark. Give me an animal that starts with B and they'll be like Buffalo. And I'm like, I got cat. Give me a D word. And we'll just kind of work our way through that way. So.
3: Oh, okay.
4: Yeah. Fun. That sounds like something fun they could do outside of therapy to. Right.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. See, Rachel, this is what you're missing in stroke and dementia rehab.
2: I am not (laughs) missing anything. (laughs) no
4: i do miss it speech there's no science- way you can't also do that with a child i don't believe that
1: i would love to do categorical naming with my middle school kids and not have it become fart jokes and booger picking mm. speech science podcast g- gmail.com speech science podcast dot com i had the opportunity to sit down with dr javona sandiford Uh, She went from a frustrated, burned out SLP of almost 20 years to forming her own SLP empire with the help of an amazing team and multiple state contracts in two years of private practice. Down in our links below, uh, after you listen to her interview, go to somelikeittot.com to sign. I love her website, by the way, somelikeittot.com to sign up for her class, buy her book, and then she's got a free special freebie for anyone listening to the show that does those two things. Uh, but after the break, we'll listen to Dr. Jamona Sandoval.
0: The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed.
1: My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual
0: When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
1: Welcome back to Speech Science. I'm Matt Hot. I'm excited because I think you're, what, now a three or four-time... Returner to the show. It's Dr. Javona Sandiford. Uh, we are going to do, as you said, the Khaleesi entrance, the Game of Thrones <laughs> entrance. Owner of Mellow Speech Incorporated, director of Some Like It Tot LLC, winner of the 2022 Entreprenista 100. Best Self-Funded Business Award, and the 2023 Next Door uh, Kind Keep It Local Business Award in conjunction with the NAACP. Dr. Sandiford, (laughs) welcome back.
0: Thank you, Matt. So good to be here again. I love speech science.
1: Uh, We were talking last time, I think we were trying to get you on the cover of a magazine. Is that right?
0: Yes, yes. That was was a very interesting process. I actually ended up being fifth place. So I was in the magazine. Yeah, I I ended up being in the magazine, uh, fifth place. And so I was able to kind of talk about my platform with uh, Therapy for Autism and all of that. So it was really fun. I I really appreciate everyone's support.
1: (laughs) That was fun. That was fun being like, hey, keep voting for this. And then it was like, just sharing it out to random things like because I do the bowling stuff I'd be like I know this person just keep voting for her
0: yeah I was crazy because I've never really been popular in my life so I was just surprised by this well it's hard to be popular when you're nerdy just to Uh, put it that way yeah as you see
1: my action figures in the background (laughs) I understand completely (laughs) well as much as I would love to talk about your glamour shots and the the magazine you're here because your new book SLP Empire the door laying the groundwork for winning your first state contract has been out and it's been doing slightly well thinking of being popular right
0: <laughs> right yeah so you're currently number 1 in 90 minute new releases in business and money um, on on Amazon so it's that, cool. that
1: that was the first thing i loved about the book was that i was able to read it about 3 times since you sent it to me because it was such it is like a 90 minute read that you pick something up out of every time. Before we dive into the getting the SLP empire, and I love to kind of have a couple of notes here on my phone that I wanna go through. What made you decide that you wanted to, I don't wanna say share your secrets, but what made you go, hey, everyone needs to know about this?
0: Well, you know, um, long story short, um, every time somebody says that super long, I feel like it's like about to get really long, (laughs) but I I promise everyone it won't be long. Um, I don't know if I shared this last time, but when I had my son, you know, he's a little bit older, um, very close to 40 and I suffered from postpartum depression. I think I did share that and it was pretty severe. Couldn't work. Um, anyway, when I, when I recovered, I went to work as a manager at a company and it was like 70 hours a week. It was a lot of work. Um, So I essentially started my own practice, hoping to spend more time with my little one and one of the things i noticed was during covid a lot of moms in these groups were saying that their kids weren't talking you know like hey mm-hmm. my 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 2 year old's not talking yet my my 1 year old hasn't said any words help me we can't get into the doctor everything's closed because of covid so i was giving a lot of suggestions to these families and i said you know what let me just make myself a vendor in early intervention in california so i thought this was going to be super easy i love to read (laughs) I, i went and i read through title 17 i was like i got this i went in and i applied and it was like nobody was responding to me they weren't following the rules it was like i was supposed to get a response within 45 days and i wasn't hearing anything so um After a lot of push and pull and uh, my very strong (laughs) type A personality, I guess we're just (laughs) talking about that, I finally got um, through a lot of complaints and, and and you know, yeah, a lot of stuff. I finally got a response and I got my first contract after like seven months. Wow. And I was like, you know what, this is not right. This is, you know, and the next one I got, it took us three months and only because I forgot to sign a form. Uh, and so the next one we we got it is like one month. So I was like, you know I've read stories on Facebook about people in this process taking 12 months, you know, just because wow. it's not something you know, we're taught in school a lot about IEPs, right. But IFSPs, you know, it's like very quickly brushed over in that whole mm-hmm. process and it's in every state. It's a federal law, you know that that these services are provided. To to young children. So I thought, let me make this easier for my SLP friends so that we don't have to struggle like this. And a lot of those big companies are in this market and they're not owned by SLPs. You know, they're they're owned by other parties. Why can't we have our own empires? Sorry, Matt, we're, go ahead. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're good. We're we're dealing doing.
1: with we're dealing with the IFSP with my daughter.
0: Oh, are you? Yeah.
1: Well, she was born deaf and has a cochlear implant and all that okay. side. I didn't know that. And, okay. And and like yeah it was like hey there is one person in this entire area that does what you need Crazy, Good right? luck and it was yeah. like well, if i wasn't in special ed i would have no idea how to navigate this
0: now exactly
1: here in ohio is vendor just a california thing or is it just kind of is that the business side of the name or how is that just like saying that you work for this what is a vendor
0: Yeah, so in California, and I'll talk about Ohio, which you have a very nice process as well, kind of an easier one to get into from what I've been looking into. Yeah, I was like, oh, Ohio is a nice one. Um, But anyway, (laughs) California is a pretty tough one. We have 21 regional centers, and that's because California is a huge state each of those regional centers are a business that basically um, works for the the state. So the, the oh. business works for the state. There are nonprofits. I, I'm not sure if any of them are for profit. And then they find vendors to you know kind of uh, contract with them. So I am a vendor with one of the regional centers. Now, uh, in Ohio, I believe you might, I'm not sure, because I haven't memorized all of the different states yet though a lot yeah. of people have been asking me you could search Ohio early inter- intervention um ohio early intervention provider become a provider usually if you put become a provider you'll find information on how to become a provider with your early intervention um uh segment of your your government <laughs> of your <Yeah>. state or <laughs> what, what am I trying to say yes so um but I do believe that you contract directly with State. I'm not sure. Do you oh, want to okay. Google search it really fast and just Yeah,
1: I'm Googling it and it. I don't Let's know what I'm out. reading. So okay.
0: Well let me mute myself so you're not <laughs> hearing all this clicking and I can find it probably faster than because I've been looking it up for everyone asking me. Yeah, right here. Here it is. Oh. Really easy to find for perspective. Uh provider overview contract process yep directly with this this document lays out the steps potential EI providers must take to register as a vendor oh it is it says vendor oh there we go the contract with DODD to provide EI services and look there's a provider that's why I remember looking up and I was like oh yours is so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Listen
1: Ohio's got a lot not going right for it, but I will take that we are doing. (laughs) The the well I mean the how to get people employed for EI, right? I will. That's where I will end with that.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's pretty a pretty simple process. But, you know, the California looked simple to me as well. Um, The book does cover federal laws so that you understand, you know, how it works um, in conjunction with state law. So
1: I love that beginning of the book, by the way, where you just took the first half of the book and just made it all terminology and (laughs) then like and, and then you link to, to the actual law part, but then it was like, Hey, this is actually what you need to know. The, the, in the nutshell part, that was like some of it, I was like, Oh yeah, I kind of understand this. And then some of it was like, Oh, this must be a California. Ah, okay. I'm glad you put the nutshell in there. Was that you that did that? Was that, did you team teamwork yeah. that out?
0: No, I just wrote in a nutshell after because I you know I don't know if you know, but I love the law. Um, I love reading the law, I feel like you don't have rights as an individual unless you know your rights, a lot of times you will get taken advantage of. If you don't know what your rights are because they're assuming you don't know and that's actually how i've helped some of my students. (laughs) Funny story, one of my students Oh, by the way, I also teach this as a a class I just released the class, but one of my students, she um, was trying to get vendored with i'm not going to say which region Mm -hmm, because I mm -hmm. don't want to. I don't want to throw them under the bus. And in the in California law, it basically says that you cannot be denied due to a perceived lack of need. And they said you are denied because we don't need you like blatantly just breaking the law. Just the whole thing said, whoa, we don't need you, which is what they tried to say to me. And I was like, Nope, you're gonna appeal what and is that saying it.
1: the quiet part out loud they shouldn't do that like
0: <laughs> yes right? so we we appealed it and their director wrote back and was like oh oh this wasn't we weren't saying that you were denied we, we were saying and then she tried to like oh. uh, somehow take back the words and say and they ushered her right in but that's what I was saying about like if you don't know you would just be like oh yeah okay I guess they don't need me and run Can- away with your tail between your legs type of thing <laughs>
1: And, and I know you can't speak on every state, but in California, can a, a certain region have more than one vendor for speech yeah. therapy?
0: Unlimited. Oh. In California, oh. unlimited. They cannot turn you away based on a perceived lack oh. of need. They don't want to do the work. they don't want to do the work. And see, the funny thing is that the individuals who are letting you in the door are not the ones who are doing the referrals. So oh. when I tried to get my first contract with yeah. California, these people told me we don't need you right now. But I knew the law, so I told them, you can't tell me that. And they, she got her boss on there to say it as well. And I was like, I don't care who's saying it. You're breaking the law. And so, yeah, I took oh, it all the way wow. to the top. Department of Developmental Services, they had to let me in. Those two people got removed from their positions, actually. Yeah, that's
1: not good, man. Like, you cannot break the law.
0: <laughs> well, and then put it in writing. Don't Don't put it in writing. But um, I guess we all do it. If you don't know, you don't know. Well, that's I mean, true. You didn't know. So anyway, that being said, you know, they tried to to deny me, but they let me in and they had said they didn't need me. And so I was like, well, I just need to work one day a week because I want to I be with my family. I want to see my son grow up. And I had like 100 referrals in my first month. I can't see 100 <laughs> kids by myself.
1: Wow, so and this is I, all for for early intervention.
0: Early intervention in the home, wow. because the state and the federal government prefer the natural setting, which is in the Makes home. Sense. You, they don't pay as much for a clinic in California because so, it's not the natural setting.
1: I, I saw that in in your, you were saying that in California, in each region, you need a home office or a home location. You, that... don't, you
0: don't need a home location. You need yeah. a physical. Oh, and physical so, location. so, yeah. You, so it's like you can get a virtual office. That's what I was kind of letting people oh. know in the book. Like, don't get a clinic space if they're not going to pay you as much to see the kids in the clinic. You're going to pay $5,000 a month for every clinic right. space in every region. When you could get like a Regis or a Alliance, it was an Alliance for $49 a month. And I was going to say, does that count then?
1: Like one of those it does. like,
0: oh, it does. Wonderful. yeah, because technically it is a physical space. You could go into that place if you needed to see a client in there, but they don't want you to and what? you you do that to get a business <laughs> license. But there is something called courtesy vendorization in California. What but I believe, so courtesy vendorization is basically where they recognize that you are a vendor with another regional center Oh, and they okay. say, okay, we'll just borrow you from that regional center. You don't have to do any extra, well, a little bit of extra paperwork, but you don't need a business license in their catchment area, you don't need an office, you don't need like a, you know, like, separate insurance, like all this extra stuff, um, you can just, oh. they'll, they'll borrow you from your parent regional center. Not everyone will do that, but some right. of them will. But in Ohio, it looks like you only have to do it once for the whole entire i love that
1: you were trying to convince me to go into early intervention <laughs> i know and, i was like matt uh, don't you want
0: to spend time I, with, your, with your three kids and <laughs> i
1: do but i really practice <laughs> i love my middle school and high school kids yeah. and uh my dementia and alzheimer's patients i, I don't i don't i don't, don't want to work yeah. I, I did i call it my one year of 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 service doing a preschool and i Almost quit the field because I can (laughs) listen, man, we all did our our rounds in clinic where we had to sit on the floor and play with like the cows in the barn.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I
1: did that for one year. (laughs) And I was just like,
0: it's exhausting.
1: Give give me kids with autism or the autistic kids with pragmatic issues. Uh, You know, today we tie dyed shirts with our middle school students for spring break T-shirts. I want that. I do not want to be wiping snot off of a five-year-old.
0: Yeah. And even with a two-year-old, it's even even yeah. Yes. Even, yeah. I'll
1: do it for a middle school yeah. kid. I will not it, do it, it for a preschool.
0: Try an hour session with a two-year-old. Their attention span is like two <laughs> seconds, you know. I, but <laughs> I
1: love our SLPs that work with my daughter. You so we had kiddingly said that that we're, you know, the whole Khaleesi route, but you are building your empire. That is how you called it in your book. And and one of the takeaways I loved, it said you need a team. And one of the parts you hammered was not doing this by yourself. I mean, obviously the paperwork you have to, how do you, how did you build your team? How did, how do you tell folks to build a team? Because as a coach, I try to find people, I, I coach high school bowling. I try to find coaches that are different than me. So I'm a quiet reserve coach. I want an assistant that's really loud, but how does that work when you're building your SLP team?
0: Yes. Okay. I have to give a shout out to my admin team now. Hmm. Shane Ward, he is our customer whisperer. One of those people that just knows what to say to make someone smile, even when they're mad and I hired him for that reason. Yes. And then (laughs) Teresa Novi is our get it done. Like something's out of order. You turn your head away and then you look back and it's organized. I'm like, Teresa, was that you? She's like, yeah, I fixed it. So you do need a team of different personalities. And I'm, of course, the person that's going to come behind and be like, you didn't pay us. Where's right. our money? Well, we're going to sue you, <laughs> give us our money, you know? So we have all types of people on our team. And it's the same thing with my SLPs and my SLPAs. I was looking for a very specific type of person because to do home health, which is what we do, you need someone who doesn't need their handheld because yes. they're not going there with someone all the time. You know, they are, we are remote. So you have to be an independent person. So I think just, you know, building a team is important. And you were talking about not wanting to see two-year-olds. I don't see kids myself. I only have four, oh, really? four clients that I see right now. Yeah. Wow. Because my team sees them, you know, and that's, that's what true. happens when you have enough people, you don't end up doing therapy yourself anymore. Okay. I, so I have four kids that I love to see. I, I, I will never stop completely.
1: So I have to ask you this because we were kidding off air about the, the type A versus type B personality and all that. How? Cause I, I, I have type A personality tendencies. And I couldn't, I I don't know if I would ever be able to give up the reins to other therapies or therapists to do, to, to, how do you trust, how do you, how do you build that trust for yourself or how did you give up the have to see every patient?
0: Well, um, during my hiring process, it's pretty intense. You know, I ask a lot of questions, um, in terms of situational, situational type Mm. questions. So I'll give you one, Matt. You're going in. You don't have to answer it like you. you yeah, I'm not putting you on the spot because it's not your area. But you're I do home that, health with adults. Oh, well, so okay, I'm, yeah, here we go. Let's see. Let's, let's, go. let's do it. I'm let's ready. do it. Okay, here it is. This is going to be fun. All right, Matt, you are going to see a family for the first time. You've never seen them before. It's a two year old, nonverbal. They seem to understand. What are you doing? What's the first thing you're doing as you walk in that door?
1: Uh, First, I get there about five minutes early. So that way, one, I'm not late so that I can also scope out like the, the situation of where I'm parking. How do I, you know, am I parking in their driveway? Because I always drive by the house because I don't want to park in the driveway and then block someone in or get parked on the street and then get hit by like a whatever car. So first I get there about five minutes early, figure that out. Uh, and then I go to the door. I will knock on the door uh, and then I will introduce myself to the usually the caregiver of the parent. And then introduce myself to the student and or the student, I guess they're two. So the, the child and uh, I I haven't done an EI eval in a long time, but usually with adults, I'll start, you know, I'll talk to the adult directly that I'm working with. And then if the que- if the answer's a little off the wall, I will then look to the caregiver to either uh, say that the answer's correct or to to correct.
0: The <laughs> Matt, you are not hired. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Listen, no, I'm I'm trying trying
1: to, <laughs> I, I was trying to like figure I out how to take it. my dementia no, patient. I love it. I like, saw what
0: you were doing. You know what? And and that's what I get a lot of when I'm interviewing people though, because you can get a sense for how comfortable they are with that population. Yeah. And whether <laughs> I think you, for you, you could be trained. I mean, you haven't really worked with EI, right? You said uh, you no. would introduce. How are you going to introduce yourself to a two-year-old? Hello, listen, my name is matt i'd be like hi i'm matt high five <laughs> cool like, i love that
1: <laughs> yeah, what's no, your name awesome. <laughs> look <laughs> to the adult like listen i've been doing a lot of stroke and dementia stuff so it's like how long did this happen and they're like i have no issues and then it's the <laughs> look to the caregiver and they're like uh yesterday they uh put lighter fluid in a bowl and tried to oh boil God. it and it was like oh, oh okay we're we're dealing with that so uh, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't be hired for EI,
0: but, but no worries. But you see, you asked my question. Are you, know, you asked me the question? How would I? How do yeah. I hire? Oh no, that and is I a asked, hard
1: question to answer, though. It
0: is because I could tell you were stalling because you were like, "I drive up to the house, I look for where to park." <laughs> well, no,
1: that's actually what I actually do. The which first is time. good.
0: Yeah, you got to go early. That is something I've learned because I always get lost. Well,
1: and, <laughs> and, and I'm sure this is something you tell your your crew the whole time. I think home health care is one of the most unique parts of our field because you have to go you're going into the home you have no idea what you're going into you don't know is your car five years better newer than everyone else's car or is it five years older or worse than everyone else's car when yes. you're met at you know when you're met at the door are you met by oh why are you in my neighborhood and it yeah. like or, right like it is
0: it is it is a different type of thing so with ei though we're never the first ones in the home because oh, really? already oh, done an I, yeah, they've already done the IFSP that makes so sense. the coordinators have gone into the home we're never the first ones to meet the family they have to sign the paperwork. Um, but yeah, the first time when I started doing uh, EI I had my I had my first Mercedes I had bought cash. Uh, it was old but it was a lot nicer than a lot of the cars in Still the neighborhood where I was yeah I remember just being afraid. But with my company, I was like scared. I was like, man, I'm going into somebody's house. I don't know who lives here. Right. Um, but with my company, we use GPS tracking and we monitor oh. where they are, their location at all times. If they do not clock in and out at the location, we will call them, we will call the family. So oh. we're, we're checking to make sure that they're where they say they are and that they're safe because, you know, I love my team and we'll make sure that they're they're safe. And so uh, we haven't had any problems with that. You know, we, we keep yeah. constant communication. Um, we we use a, a central communication log so when they're on their way they say i'm on my way. We can see that they're on their way. If the family says, hey, they're not here yet, we, we can say they're on their way. You know, so um, it just it keeps it nice uh, when you're remote when you can see the communication. We don't have them using their own phones. Um, oh, they nice. Use their own phones, you know, they will get dinged for that. <laughs> we will say we need a screenshot of all communication for a communication log with the family. Oh. Yeah.
1: yeah that, so, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say that is one thing that I, I fought for with my newest home company was to get a work phone because I didn't want to give out my cell phone to families because I love my families and I'm sure you love your 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 kids' families. But when I walk through my door, I don't want them being able to call my, you know, the cell phone that I use to, to set up hanging out time with my friends or my kids like
0: yeah we have them call the office phone and we use sms messaging mostly which is the hipaa compliant sms messaging so we prefer that our staff don't use their phones if to call you know that they will use the sms messaging or have us call in the admin office like i mean we just mainly want the staff to see the clients they don't do any scheduling we take care of all the scheduling as well they have their own personal scheduler so they just show up and they do the session and then they They do. They do their
1: notes. Do you (laughs) want to expand into Ohio and work with adults? Because I would love that.
0: Do you do do you have to do your own scheduling? I I
1: do. So actually, I'll get I'll get an email that says, "Hey, here's the five new referrals we have, and they're being opened on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday." And then once the email comes, I know. Once the email comes through that says, "Hey, this has been opened," then I call the caregiver and say, "Hey, this is. What are the three times that I can come out?"
0: That is so time consuming.
1: It is. And it's stressful because listen, I I'm a talker, but when you cold call somebody, they talk And I have I have decent phone etiquette where I'm like, "Hi, may I speak to Mr. Smith?" and they're like, "They don't live here." And I'm like, "Oh. Uh, I'm not a prank phone caller. I am the speech therapist I'll blank that out. Speech therapist <laughs> from so and so." And they're like, "Oh, I thought you were trying to get my like address or what i'm like no i just want to see your mom and help them like that's Aww. all i want so i have a question for you in the book you said in the i forget which chapter it was it was about designing the program yes and you made it seem so easy is it no, that easy hard- is it really no
0: it's the hardest part the person so it? in california i don't know about in ohio let me look back at your um let's see what it says in ohio just i'm not sure if you have to do a program design doesn't look like you have to do one. But um, in California, we have to do something called a program design. Mm -hmm. And when I was doing my first one, I was like, what's that? And the girl was not helpful. She's like, right, title 17. Like, okay, I looked at it. I don't know what the what what is a program design. So basically, the program design is like a book, like it's like a dissertation (laughs) that tells them every single thing about your practice, and how you're going to serve them and every time you mess up on something that doesn't fit title 17 they kick it back to you and say it'll be another 45 days while they oh review. wow so i had a that's why it took seven months uh, okay. the first time i did it because every little thing it was like yeah you can't have a waitlist that's illegal like well a
1: waitlist is illegal
0: yeah well she just said that it's it's out of compliance with the ifsp you have to send the kids mm. back because they can't be on a waitlist because the IFSP you know, dictates their services. So you have to send them back. So I had. Oh, to Oh, yeah, because redo- that makes yeah, sense. It, it does rather, make sense.
1: Rather have to have no service than being waiting than on a waiting list. Like, whatever.
0: <laughs> it was silly. Yeah, one <laughs> time we, we got we got sent back for like one of the words was, I guess the, the the print had skewed a little bit somewhere and they couldn't read one of the words, even though you could infer what right. it said because of the sentence. And she's like, no, nope, do it again. And so the program design is quite lengthy, and so I have two now approved. So that is kind of like the course that I teach is program design writing, yeah. um, to kind of help people through that. I mean, you can do it on your own. I did; it took me seven months. And you want to know how much money I lost in that seven months? Just going uh, off of our, can you I'm, share or no?
1: <laughs> I'm a little worried, but yeah, go yeah. for it.
0: Well, initially, you know, our first our first month where we were doing a full month, it was about thirty k that we that we got from the state. So if wow. I say seven times. 30k which is our base wow. like we always have more than that now that is yeah. how much we we lost in terms wow. of our, our gross revenue because we oh. didn't know what we were doing <laughs> <laughs> that
1: a, i mean now you're you're set up and you're doing well but yeah. that, that probably keeps you up not keeps you up but like kind of makes you. I,
0: it makes that would think. make
1: me yeah that made me make me like my heart go skip a beat or two there
0: yeah, that's like half my mortgage. Right. Oh, right, that's right. Uh, half my school loans for my doctorate. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of money.
1: <laughs> so, going through this, I feel did you have a lawyer? Your background's not a law, like lawyer, right? You just like the reading the law. Like I like
0: reading the law. Yes. Did
1: you have a lawyer friend? Did you just
0: trial and error? Trial, trial and, and error. error, trial and uh, error. That is that is why I wrote the book, because yes. I was like, you know, I'm a person and I think this is the entrepreneurial spirit. Did I say that right? Entrepreneurial yes, I love that. spirit. Hey, and I had something... to say
1: entreprenista. So <laughs> I know, right? you, you and that's not that even a word.
0: Right. it a, a word. It might be. a word. <laughs> It is now. But it's a word. It's a word. We made it a word. It's like mompreneur. <laughs> I got a <laughs> mompreneur award. That was my first award. Was um, that really? But, that's fine. Yeah, mompreneur. But um, anyway, the entrepreneurial spirit is about just getting up and going again. That's awesome. Now you get kicked down. You mess up. Everyone messes up. Right. Are you going to stay down? Are you going to get up, get up, do it again, do it a different way, figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, get somebody to figure it out for you. You got to (laughs) go. You can't stop. Right. So I wasn't going to let them keep me down. I'm like, no, I I need this life for my family and for my son. I am not going to be in the office 70 hours a week and not see him. My one child. I'm not going to you know not see him grow.
1: I love that so much. I really do. So, I wanna I wanna step back to just talking about you as an author for a moment. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Yes, Is this author. your first book, second
0: book? It is not my first book. Okay, uh, I have been writing books. My first book I wrote when I was seven. My wow. mom still has it. I love it. <laughs> hey, my my nephew has me beat. He wrote his first book at three. He was he's a wow. genius. He was okay. writing like full sentences. But anyway, <laughs> I wrote my first book at seven. My mom still has it. It was a superhero book. But um I do have several other published books under pen names, which I will not share because the joy of a pen name is being able to write whatever exactly. you want without anybody judging you because exactly. they don't know who you are. <laughs> so I I'm love okay writing. With that. Yes. I wrote nine books when I was pregnant with my son, one for wow. every month. <laughs> oh,
1: wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so then I'm going to ask questions and then you can either answer them as the <laughs> book under your name, or you could think about it as under your, your pen names.
0: I'll do it under my name,
1: under your name. This is, is this mine. the first book then under your name?
0: Um, The first book under my name, I guess not count. Yeah. If you don't count my dissertation, that was a book. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> so how does that feel sure. to finally be like, Hey, I'm, I'm, like this is my foray to help people you're number one on amazon people can buy it like listen i had a small little piece in a book that came out like two years ago and like the euphoric high of just seeing that for the first time was that still the same time the same thing like that oh my gosh i i made it is that a weird thing yeah. to say
0: no, it's just crazy seeing your name. And then under it, it says number one new release. If I actually yes. cried, I was oh, like, well, awesome. I didn't think anybody was going to read it. You know, I'm like, you know, I'll write it. Maybe some people will read it. Maybe it'll help some people. You know, I was looking for something like this. I couldn't find anything. And I was just shocked. I'm like, who is buying this? Somebody wrote me from Puerto Rico talking about is there a way that she can bring her business to, to California? And I was like, well, wow. I have a friend who actually wants to drop her entity Maybe you want to just buy her entity, hey. so you don't have to start from scratch.
1: That's right? awesome, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And so somebody wrote me from Puerto Rico that had read my book.
1: That's awesome. You know, I, that I, is- I, you've got five. You got four five star ratings already. The book came out what uh, eighteen days
0: week? ago? Oh, was it okay? Two weeks ago. The twentieth. Is that now, right? Three weeks ago. I, I don't even remember. It's gonna blur. Let's see but- what date does it does it say it on there.
1: Uh, I, I, I was asking you, I don't know, February, (laughs) I should know the
0: date that I wrote. I've just, I've done five, five versions of it already. So, and I'm, oh my gosh, really? Because I update it every time I get more information. So as we go through, yes, as we go through different processes, I'm like, I don't want anybody else to go through this. You know, we most recently had to file, um, like kind of like a grievance against one of the regional centers for not paying us on time.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's not good
0: yeah and so February I was 20th like, by the way oh February 20th yeah about okay <laughs> but uh, yeah so I learned how to go through that process and now like I have to update the book to add that at the end people are asking me a lot about that vendors are saying what do we do if we can't you know
1: right what if you anything? don't get paid like, yeah,
0: yeah. That, which is absolutely illegal like who would not pay somebody for work they did well
1: <laughs> I, I would like to introduce <laughs> you to 2023
0: like ha- <laughs> <laughs> yeah it happens but it shouldn't so So
1: is it only available on Amazon or is it available elsewhere right now or just on Amazon Kindle?
0: Yep. Amazon Kindle is currently and I tried to make it an actual book, but because it's so short, it uh, it wouldn't the the paperback, they wouldn't even print it because it has to be a a certain number of pages. Otherwise, it's I guess they can't print it. So I would just have to add a bunch of blank blank pages if people wanted to Uh, be able to get a hard Yeah. And the point was I wanted something that people could read in one day um when we do my actual course that one was a good 120 pages and i didn't want to yeah. publish that that's too long people most people don't love to read maybe you that's and i true. but a lot of people don't love to read. yeah I, I love to read a lot of people I, I find they just want something quick so this is quick
1: this is quick i've read it like i said since you sent it to me last week i've read it three times already uh it's made me think oh my gosh maybe i can actually do this it's slp you, you, empire you the could. door
0: yeah you could do it and you could still keep your job Hire some. I don't want to work with the little kids
1: but But you don't have to do
0: it hire a a slipper
1: (laughs) okay listen we're going to talk off the air (laughs) SOP Empire The Door laying the groundwork for winning your first state contract we're going to have the link down in the show notes Dr. Sanderford it was
0: awesome having you on air thank you it was so awesome being here again thanks everyone
1: Welcome back to Speech Science. I'm Matt Hot, joined by super judgy SLPs Rachel and Marie.
2: <laughs> That's us.
1: Because evidently in Ohio. So so before the break, before the wonderful Dr. Jovanna Sandiford and her website Some Like It Taught, uh, Evidently, my Ohio made the website Some Like It Tot, Taught, T a u g h t dot com sound like i was saying tots t o t like the food or what you would call toddlers i guess and these two had to point out my ohio accent blended it together and they were worried that people would have the wrong website
2: yeah like i did gotcha. i found um an instagram of a seattle food truck some like it tot t o t so
1: also a he, great name for a food it, truck it's so a it's a great name. great name for a website for so, learning. I love it all.
2: If you okay. had the same problem as I did, it's T-A-U-G-H-T, right? T-A-U-G-H-T. Yeah.
1: Yes. And it's in the link below in the show notes. That's why we have show notes, people. But Marie, what were you saying about cot and cot?
4: Oh, there's a vowel I caught, I,
1: I caught a, I caught my dog sleeping in my cot. Yes. I caught him in the cot.
4: It's called the cot caught Vowel merger, and it caught, occurred, caught, apparently, caught, it's happening caught. in Ohio, but not in Wisconsin or Florida. So, I'm not an expert in linguistics, but I know enough about the vowel merger.
1: So, how do you say, okay, how do you spell the thing, how do you say the thing you sleep on? Caught. 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 How do you say that, like, if you were to v- visualize, yeah, yeah, the other caught. thing. Caught. 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 I caught the person in a cot.
4: They're both. Yes, exactly. Thank you.
1: So in phonetics class way back in the year of uh, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, um, I took my phonetics class up in uh, Kent State, up on the northeast side of Ohio. And they have a lot of Cleveland A's like "Ah," up there. And evidently, I say umbrella wrong. And I was screwing up all my phonetics partners because I would be like umbrella. Umbra-, how do I even say it? umbrella instead of umbrella? I would so put it's the, just accent-
2: the emphasis. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then uh, that caught, caught, hot. All those things. Uh, my Southwest Ohio-ness, my hillbilliness was screwing up my phonetics partners because they couldn't transcribe what I was doing because they were trying to say it in their heads, which was different than the way I was saying it.
2: You said one word at the beginning of this podcast and I think it might have been leg that you leg. Leg. And I was like, what is he saying? <laughs> it's,
1: it's my accent coming I out. I know, no? it
2: is. It is. I haven't Why talked are to a you single so judgy.
4: Oh, not at all. I actually <laughs> I love linguistics and I loved my phonetic class, but I haven't Nerds. talked to a single a single SLP who doesn't have something to complain about with their phonetic class because oh, that's true. of the fact that you've got people from different Mm -hmm. parts of the world or different parts of the country that try to come together. And then basically the way that your professor is teaching it is, is the way. And, um, if that's not your accent too bad, Mm -hmm. you got to figure it out. Um, so that's a rough one.
2: Yep. I loved it.
1: Judging nerds on this podcast.
2: (laughs) That's us.
1: Can't why can't y'all just talk like I do and blend everything together into one neutral vowel sound.
4: Listen, I get made fun of all the time from my East Coast friends for saying water, um, Wait, what? I, water, water, water. Have you ever heard somebody from um, <laughs> Jersey say water? Isn't it water. Water. water? Water, water. They will. Water. They. My friends roasted me when I used to be in National Nisla, and I. So it was. It was students from all over the country. We come together mm-hmm. and just you know, laugh, laugh at and with each other about how that we just sounded a little bit different. And, um, but it was really cool to you come out of your bubble and you go,
2: oh, not everyone sounds the way I do, right? It's obvious, but you get in your own little bubble. I love accents. I love hearing other people's accents.
1: Marie, you're not on TikTok,
4: right? I'm, well, now everyone knows. I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> okay. well, I'm sorry, everyone. I'll
1: take that out. I just meant like, so, but I know Rachel's on TikTok yes yes and uh, i'm the ohio slp that keeps heartening all your tiktok stuff
2: i know my biggest fan
1: i'm your biggest fan
4: wait 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 can i ask when it, on tiktok are we talking about a, a producer of content or an uh, a, a consumer of content consumer, consumer. okay
2: Yeah, like you would say, oh, I'm on book talk. I'm on Star Wars talk something. So it's just the topic that you're in. And it's Mm. not like other apps that you have to go and search for it. It's just one feed. That's just the Mm -hmm. more something randomly comes up, you like it, more stuff will show up. So
1: I brought that up because I am on accent TikTok. mm -hmm. And right now they're diving in on how and I'm going to mess it up. But the southern coastal accent is the closest to the original American accent. Yeah. And they talk about how they blend into different areas of the southern accent. Uh, And they actually talk. That's why British actors can do southern accents so convincingly.
2: Hmm. I I I'm pretty sure that I know the exact video that you're talking yeah, about, where she
1: talks about her different thing.
2: Yeah, she just goes right into, and then you speak a little slower, mm-hmm. and it turns into a southern drawl. I yeah. like it's so interesting. I love that kind of stuff.
1: See, this is what anyone who judges those of us that use TikTok, you know what I hate about TikTok? This is not a TikTok podcast. <laughs> is that the videos are the perfect attention span length that you're like, oh, that was interesting." What's next? Oh my God! Where did three hours go? That is my problem.
2: Yeah, right yeah, mm. me too. Speaking-
1: well, I am. Oh, sorry, Marie.
4: I just want to say uh, I'm the worst kind of TikTok user because I say I'm not on TikTok, but I'm on TikTok by way of Instagram. Of okay, uh, all yeah, my Instagram reels are coming from TikTok. Yeah. and I just haven't made the switch yet. But I, I bet. Ask me again in six months.
1: So Instagram is like TikTok six months ago. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ooh! Yeah, so that's y- not it. Y- you're like <laughs> you're the middle school. Oh, Instagram is the middle school, and TikTok is the high school on trends.
2: No, I I honestly put a block on <laughs> my phone, throwback. so I can't access it during the day because mm-hmm. it it is such a time eraser. So yep. it's a good I thing you don't that. have it. Try to push it off as long as you can. Okay, noted. It's a lot.
4: Speaking,
1: yes, speaking of time wasters, let's talk about grad school and undergrad. Ugh. Oh you- my
4: gosh, that was that was an inflammatory <laughs> statement,
1: Matt. <laughs> Yougov.com ranked, uh, according to a U- recent YouGov poll, asked Americans to evaluate 40 college majors on three dimensions, earnings potential, personal interest, and well-roundedness. Uh, factors consider, uh, they use this to help uh, to inform for factors to consider when choosing a major, and the top three—well, I'll go through the top ten of uh, the highest ranked according to UGov America was business, psychology, engineering, architecture, nursing, international relations, computer science, history, criminal justice, mechanical engineering, and those of you listening, going, "Hey, we're speech therapy." Don't worry. We're here in the bottom 10. It goes, the 40th was kinesi, physical therapy, yeah. <laughs> performing arts, statistics, coming in at 37th best of 40, speech, language, pathology, public health, marketing, nutrition, social work, data science, art, and anthropology.
2: Also known as coming in third to last, if you didn't catch uh, that. Sure. The visual is just sad it is like, and, it, and yeah. is,
1: it is the to, bottom
2: to be very honest a lot of times when i see speech in these top 10 careers i want to shake that person and say where did this information come from who have you been talking to because i don't care if it's rewarding in in just uh, you're you're doing good I think as a field and like Matt said, it's it's rated by anticipated earnings, personal interest and well-roundedness. Personal interest is is decided by, oh, does that, you know, our high schoolers going, you know what, I'll, I think I'll be a speech pathologist. Like uh, people aren't saying that there's not a big interest and probably some of that is due to not having the exposure to it. Mm-hmm. Anticipated earnings, that is one of our biggest complaints as a field um, and there's charts lower in the article that kind of spread that out a bit more, which is nice and then well roundedness was based on comparing to other majoring. Um, careers. Would you say that majoring in each of the following makes a person well rounded uh, like i'm not really sure what that means to a point, point. Um, and we were all talking before we started recording. I would love to see like a 10 point scale of a lot of these that have to do with like, do you regret, um, your decision? Like does, was the education, the amount of education that's needed to go through with this career, paid back or, you know, something like that rating scale, because I feel like this is pretty fair to have speech at number 37 out of 40. There's obviously jobs that are left out of this. Like OT was not, put in here. Um, And I don't know if that's part of physical therapy is lumped to get together with them. Um, But I feel like this is somewhat fair to have us somewhere towards the bottom versus some of these top 10 that's like, SLP is number two, and that might just be need. But like that, I am very overly critical of speech language pathology as a career. And that's partly because I think knowing what I know today, I would not choose it again.
1: Wow that's well that's sorry those are important words funny you say that funny you say that which subjects do americans say they would consider majoring in if they were pursuing a college degree number one with a bullet computer science running away with it the bottom of the pile speech language pathology Mm.
4: we definitely have more work to do because the one chart that stands out among the rest to me is which subjects do American men and women say they would consider majoring in if they were pursuing a college degree. And we've got a three to 10 for men and women, uh, for speech pathology, which is the smallest male to female, uh, ratio of all of the majors. Somewhat
2: indicative of our profession in general that, um, was it 97% female? Mm Mm-hmm. So I recently I recently heard that that is called a pink collar job, which I think I had heard yeah. that before that like these heavily uh, female dominated professions, and if you put all of those professions into a, a category, they are statistically paid much lower, um, mm. less benefits, all these other things. Um so it's a really interesting concept.
1: Uh, it says each respondent was asked about a random sample of fifteen of the forty majors listed. So there were 747, uh, give or take participants for each major. Oh, wow. That was questioned. Yeah. Uh, pulling up the college major interest for the, for speech language pathology, it was split, uh, 355 male, 392 female, uh, relatively evenly split between uh, four different age groups. Uh, however, 551 respondents were white while black Hispanic Hispanic and other were 84 67 and 45 total. So it is kind of a skewed poll, but it is kind of interesting that we are viewed that poorly.
4: Yeah, it honestly, a lot of this seems off like it's to get me to believe that mathematics is more well rounded than speech pathology when we don't even know what well-rounded means. It's it's such a hyper-focused area that mm-hmm. it almost doesn't make sense logically. I, I, I would I need to know more.
2: I don't like the definition that they have here of well-rounded. Like, I I would love if they replaced that with something else. And maybe that also contributed to confusion on the, the participants. They're like, what does that mean? So um, I think that there definitely could be research to improve upon this. I think – like I said, I think speech is portrayed pretty fairly compared to some of the things that um, a lot of these top 10 oh, lists.
1: Here's an interesting thing. Uh, so the survey also breaks down. So we're talking about well rounded. It says compared to about five, a random sampling of 15 other majors. Um if in the 2020 election if you voted for biden you were more likely to say that it was more well-rounded and if you voted for trump you were to say it was less well-rounded
2: what was more or less well-rounded
1: speech therapy speech language pathology <laughs> oh that's as I, compared that's interesting Just yeah. yeah so uh biden supporters stated it was more well-rounded 33 percent of the time trump supporters said it was 16 percent more well-rounded uh, they were both even at fifty-two and fifty-one percent, as saying they were about as well-rounded as other majors. And uh, Biden supporters said speech-language pathology was less round, less well-rounded, five percent of the time, and Trump supporters said it was less well-rounded, seventeen percent of the time.
2: It's very interesting.
1: But it's kind of a cool little little survey.
4: Wow. It seems a little. It seems consistent with what I see on Reddit a lot. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of people. Obviously, that's a biased sample, of course. But there's a lot of similar. Mm-hmm. It, it reflects similarly. Um, Why very, do
1: we have this image? Is it the burnout? I, I, Is I'm surprised it we even
4: have a image. I think my first no, shock was that we were even included. If I'm being honest, because
1: <laughs> that's true. <we> usually
4: <laughs> included either like. Uh, uh, grossly overrepresented on some kind of like top, top five of all time careers. Yeah. Like Rachel said, or completely left out entirely. Mm So I'm having a hard time buying, um, that it's like, I I can't, I I almost can't get past that, (laughs) that anyone knows enough about what we do to be able to comment on it like that.
2: I wonder if they just took a list of, you know, all these majors that end up people end up graduating with and then they had people rank them in a certain way. I I don't know. Mm. I I feel like in in many of these graphs, we are ranked very closely with education in a lot of them. So I don't think Mm. it's too far off because I think we are lumped in with them a lot of times and somewhat left out of the medical side that they're like the medical side doesn't think we're one of them. A lot of times the education side is like, no, you guys aren't education. Uh, I think there's a lot of
1: So here's the questions that they were presented with. The first question was, how interesting? So rate this on a a four-point scale. Very interesting, somewhat interesting, not interesting, or not sure. And the question was, how interesting would you personally find to major in each of the following? And they were given 15. Then it said... your four choices are above average earnings, about average earnings, below average earnings, or not sure. And it says, compared to majoring in other college subjects, would you say that majoring in each of the following leads to above, about the same, or below? The third question was, compared to majoring in other college subjects, would you say that majoring in each of the following makes a person more well-rounded, about as well-rounded, less well-rounded, or not sure? And then the fourth question was, if you're pursuing a degree, uh, would you consider it? Yes or no. And then how satisfied or dissatisfied are you with your current choice of college major? And do you- I'm going to be
4: honest. I don't think this information is valuable. I don't want to not to like, (laughs) not to like discredit the author. Well, we just spent 10 minutes talking about it. This information is, is, they're basically saying- they gave people a list of majors mm-hmm. and yeah. they just said, what do you think about all these majors that you don't know anything about?
1: But I would counter, we've got an image problem. Like you, you guys had just said that. Do you guys remember the show Speechless on ABC? Kind of. No. kid, A nonverbal kid needed an EA to be his voice while he pointed to letters on the tabletop and mm. they spoke for him. You know how yeah. many speech therapists were in the show? None. For an AAC user.
4: So maybe it's less about an image problem and more about representation in general. Because mm-hmm. the yeah. representation we're getting is so little that you you can only base your impression of speech pathology off of these like vignettes of potentially misleading or uh, incorrect practice. There's
1: an, there's an SLP on Love is Blind.
2: I heard I know there was Again. one a, there was one on another show recently yeah. too maybe my chances of making it on one of these dating shows will increase as a speech well, pathologist
1: I'm not I'm not trying to judge our field or anything about this but I just did a quick google search that said uh most pop and, and it brought me to an imd article imdb article most popular movies and tv shows tagged with the keyword speech therapist number one the king's speech okay Mm -hmm. makes sense won a bunch of awards i get that now tell me when you under when you've heard of any of these movies my left foot the the diving bell and the butterfly regarding henry yes okay okay from 1991 yes prime music within abuse of weakness a man in a hurry Sound and Fury, Crazy Moon. Okay, okay.
2: Sound and Fury was like an Oscar winner three years ago. Okay, that's fair.
1: In 2000, Rachel, in 2000. Oh,
2: Sound and Fury. Sorry, I was thinking uh, the Sound of uh, Metal, whatever. Sound and Fury, but I've seen that one also.
1: Crazy Moon, Baxter, Do I Sound Gay, A Father for Britney, Autism the Musical, Cottonwood Wretches, Night Owl, Holsky, La is the Moot, Das, das Moot and How Now, Boing, Boing.
2: No, just, okay. just two of those.
1: Top 20 films with speech therapy.
4: How many of those do you think have anything to do with the medical setting? I raise you. Right? I take your uh, school uh, representation <laughs> and I raise you medical um, slp for representation sure. at
1: number 23 law and order criminal intent episode faithfully a doctor is murdered in his home while his wife lies bound and helpless upstairs in their bedroom it's revealed that the couple's reverend may know more about the crime than he is telling the detective i have no idea how that is speech therapy but we're listed in the t- we're listed as a keyword search
4: Actually, there's a Breaking Bad episode that um, really? they're using a letter board and the person who um doesn't use verbal speech is ringing a bell for each letter mm-hmm. oh, and there's actually I saw that. there's a great scene and I thought that was a very um very interesting and beneficial. I, actually I don't want to I don't know if I should say beneficial because I don't recall the entire context, but I remember thinking, "Hey, there you go. There's a little representation."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah that scene ended surprisingly. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers.
2: Even though Breaking Bad has been over for a very long time now. But
1: I but think our point no. is still, you know, but do we have an image problem, a lack of representation problem? I mean, we're voted as the worst college major by two, by 780 randoms across America. I don't, I don't know.
4: Um... <laughs> None of the above scored higher than speech therapy <laughs> <laughs> for which, if you were to pursue a subject, which would you pursue? Nothing. <laughs> no. nothing. I'd rather
3: I, pursue nothing.
1: Well, if you would rather pursue nothing, let us know. <laughs> at gmail.com. You know what? Actually we should run a poll of how many people are actually happy. I don't,
2: Oh, can we do that in discord? Can we do a poll we can do or that anything? On discord. Or, I mean, yeah. I can do it on Instagram. I can post that. I can do, Let's a do poll. it on
1: Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'll see what happens.
2: We have a Twitter. No, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have a Twitter. Speaks we have a TikTok. We, we do not TikTok? have a TikTok. Well, no. I, ah.
2: I don't need another reason to be on there. Don't make yeah. me. Yeah, that's true.
1: All right, y'all. I'm excited because, uh, I will lead this off because now our show is ending and our music is playing this weekend is the all-star tournament that I run for high school bowling. So I'm excited for that. That means the season is officially over after Sunday. Is it a good season? Um, So the hard part is, is that when, and I, and I, we just had our banquet on Monday and I told my kids this, that, and also, they found out that I have a podcast, so they may be listening. What up, guys? Uh, if they've made it this far, and they've now decided not to become speech therapists, um, <laughs> I, I have. I told my guys at the banquet that when you graduate an entire team the previous year, you have no idea if you're going to love or hate the time with these guys. And I learned pretty quickly into the season that these guys have a magnetizing personality so it made kind of coming to practice and learning how to become a team a whole lot nicer because they were willing to listen and it was fun and we finished that 500 so
2: it sounds like a good season it wow. wasn't okay i'll take it good for unless you
1: unless they're not That's... listening then it was terrible <laughs> but if they're listening i'll take it oh what, matt what about y'all what are you I, i'm changing the question this week what are y'all looking forward to in general period Answer it as you want to. Well, like therapy, I said non therapy, movies. Oh, I won the lottery this week too. I forgot to mention that in the beginning. You won the
2: lottery. I won
1: what are you doing bucks. here? I won
4: five dollars. I mean, that's a return on investment. Yeah.
1: I that's impressive. Tickets. I got the tickets as a gift and I won five bucks. So awesome will you turn it in will you redeem it that was my question for more lottery tickets yes i see
4: that's i I never redeem my winnings when they're five Mm. or under i just sit on them i never redeem no
1: one's for three bucks and one's for two bucks so yeah
4: i think my time is more valuable sometimes than doing whatever it takes to get five that five dollars i just Mm. can't be bothered that's which sounds very privileged but it's actually just procrastinating and i yeah that's truly what it is
1: Speaking of procrastination, uh, sorry, I'm I'm taking up all of your guys' time. Guess what coffee thing I've started doing?
2: The Pedro Pascal million shots per... Yeah,
1: and it works perfectly and I get work done and I don't crash six shots of espresso over ice in a large venti cup.
2: You're making that up. Didn't we talk like a year ago about you were taking some pre-workout that was like... Oh, yeah! You were like (laughs) overdosing on it. Maybe you should like...
4: Your baseline, Matt, is not a typical... Uh, a listener baseline we should not guess be what
1: i'm getting done medicaid billing the day it's due oh
3: uh,
1: it's not procrastination because i have so much energy that time slows down during the day
2: wow <laughs> i think you're hallucinating is what's happening
1: all right you guys what are you looking forward to i'm looking to more coffee tomorrow morning
2: it's <laughs> So whenever this episode airs, my brother is getting married April 15th and I am officiating it. So that is the next thing that's on my list that I'm super excited for. And, that's awesome.
1: Uh, so are I'm, you a reverend? Can we I call am. you reverend?
2: I am, I'm Reverend oh, wow. Rachel. Oh, oh, it's alliterative. I love I know, that. I know, Well, when I come back from the wedding, I'll let you know like what my speech is because I've got some more alliteration in there too. Uh,
1: Reverend Razzle, dazzle, yeah. Rachel SLP ETSDSLPLLC yeah.
2: <laughs> Innovator
4: Oh my gosh
1: Innovator. What about you Miss Marine? What are you looking forward to?
4: Making it through tomorrow oh, oh, love that Not to be dramatic, but it's 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 been very busy and I'm looking forward to uh, succeeding another day in private
2: practice I'm with you
1: this week has been so long. I don't understand it. I agree. It's only Wednesday.
2: I
4: know. On Monday I was like, oh boy.
2: <laughs> this was oh, my boy. first week back from spring break, and Monday was the Mondayest Monday I've ever had.
1: Yep. That's the worst. Our intro music is please listen carefully by Jazar License Under an attribution and share Alike license. Our bump music is County Fair Rock. Copyright at John Deku. Find all his music at soundcloud.com/slash dirt dog music. And the closing music, Slow Burn by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under a Creative Commons and attribution license. In the T Public Store, you can get your Be a Willow shirt with all the different speech therapy vocabulary uh, building up the willow tree. And in the immortal words of Janice Wright, always be a willow. The oak looks strong, but during a storm, the oak will crack, the willow will bend. For fellow Willows, Rachel and Marie and the missing Michael and Michelle, I'm Matt. Until next time. So long, everybody. Bye. I will not crack.
2: Speech Science is edited and produced by MWH Production. Please follow Speech Science on Twitter at SpeechSciencePC and like our page on Facebook. And rate and subscribe to our podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts.